welcome to The Buzz. Megan Miller and Scott Tatey here, ready to talk another week of entertainment. Well, June's just heating up. So much going on. Uh, one of the bigger events of the summer this Saturday. Pittsburgh Pride. Yes. The streets are going to be packed. Liberty Avenue, Kesha doing a concert. And so much intrigue about her because of the big legal battle she's going through. She hasn't done too much public performing, so... Um, I think the crowd's going to be huge. I think it's going to be huge, and I think it's a, she's a great choice for this year's Pride. I think it's good for her. I think it's good for uh, fans that are you know, going to be there for Pride, and I think it's just going to be a big party down on Liberty Avenue. This is the, the, the lesbian, gay, uh, transgender uh, concert and festival every year. It just packs the downtown. I went last year to see Nick Jonas, and uh, wow, it's, it's quite a crowd. I mean, I mean <laughs> it's like a, I haven't seen that many beach balls since Jimmy Buffett, I think. Uh, just people just whacking balls and, and, and just celebrating and it's a very uh, loose environment and, and fun party atmosphere. And I think Kesha needs that, given how, how much she's gone through. Uh, I think she's just going to let loose and, and just give a, a dynamic performance. Yeah, I agree. I think she is a great choice. I think it'll just be fun. There will be glitter everywhere, and it'll just be a great, great party. Good end to the Three Rivers Arts Festival weekend as well. That's right. That's uh, Last year I did both, actually, just right down the street. And uh, Arts Festival was wrapping up. Uh, I, got, I wrote the lineup here, in case you haven't seen the show yet. First of all, Michael Ferranti opening night, I guess, really impressed a lot of people. He was running through the audience. and Yeah, I saw a lot of pictures from that, and people really seemed to enjoy that. Yeah, you've you got to do at least one or two nights at the Arts Festival every year. It's free music in Point State Park, just a, just a beautiful environment. Uh, tonight, it's the Mendelssohn Choir, Pittsburgh. On Tuesday, Leftover Salmon, jam band from Colorado. Two I would probably recommend this week. Charles Bradley, uh, soul blues kind of singer, with, with Peter Wolf as the opening act. This oh. is the lead singer for Jay Giles Band, who was phenomenal last year opening for uh, Bob Seger. So uh, that, that's a good one. Thursday, Beth Orton, really intriguing. She's kind of folk. She's kind of electronica. So Oh, that'd be a good fit for the Arts Fest. Yeah, I had, had you know, a few radio songs back in the day. Guster's on Friday, uh, Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra Saturday. And then the closing nights, uh, I would recommend Lake Street Dive. They're uh, Soul, indie rock, uh, just a fun band. A lot of people are raving about the show they did at Hartwood Acres a couple years ago, so I'm going to go check them out. Cool. And another thing to check out this week, Matilda the Musical is in town for another week at the Benidorm. You know a lot more about that than I do. Yes, I talked to um, Darcy Stewart, who plays Mrs. Wormwood, who is Matilda's mother, um, last week. And all of the review of the show and the preview are all online now at timesonline.com slash entertainment. And yeah, it sounds like a really cute show. It sounds very childlike, but also adults will like it too. There's a lot of magic, and she was careful not to give anything away. But it just sounds like there's going to be a lot of cool like stage and theater tricks that are going to amaze people. So how family is it? Is it one to bring the young kids to or is it one that adults can appreciate on their own level? Or? Well, she says both. Um, our reviewer actually said that, you know, you should definitely bring your kids to it. And she said it's a, you know, it's a kid show. A lot of people think, you know, because it's about children that it's just for kids. And she had said, no, there's a lot of like, there's a bit of a grittiness to it because, you know, Matilda has these like awful, terrible parents and, you know, she's this inspiring little girl and she has the magic and all of that. So... Yeah, I think it should be a good one for the whole family, but she said, you know, date night should come too. Based on the Roald Dahl book, and he gave us uh, Willy Wonka, so, uh, you know, it's got a little bit of subversive humor in it for adults, I'm sure. Yeah, and I'm sure just the, like, visuals are just stunning for something like that too. Cool. So, so, yeah, so that's running through Sunday at the Benenum Center. Well, my schedule, I got Friday Circle for the Dixie Chicks. Yeah. I'm just reading real quickly. I, I try not to read reviews ahead of time, but I kind of glanced at the one for Cincinnati. 
they're doing all the hits, and uh, it sounds like a pretty cool show, of course. I, I, I saw them three times back in the day. Always enjoyed them. The musicianship is great. They're, they're not shying away from politics. They're, they're still giving it to uh, a couple of the Republican candidates, and uh, that cost them a lot of fans and a heck of a lot of radio support back in the day, but they, they haven't mellowed, which I think is kind of cool. So, uh, so are they out with a new album, or is this going to be like a tour of hits, or what are we? what should we expect? Loading up on the hits for the, the, the set list I saw, um, every song you want them to do, including Sin Wagon. I always loved that song. Uh, <laughs> it was an underrated song. So uh, I haven't heard too much about new material, so I think they're kind of, hey, we're back. It's, it's been 10 years since we've really done a major tour, and don't forget about us. Uh, Interestingly, the opening acts are both indie rock bands, so they're oh, sort of that is distance between themselves and country radio and, and country music, so hey, whatever, but they still got the, the banjos and, and the fiddle and everything, so I, th I think it'll be a good time. I think that'll be a cool night yeah. out at Burgettstown. It's been a while. And then the, I guess on Wednesday, we have, you know, the king of horror coming here, <laughs> uh, Stephen King. Hard to believe. Stephen King, author, coming to Swickley Academy in Edgeworth. And people did camp out to get tickets for that, and they sold out within, like, I believe, four hours. Uh, it's, it's just going to be weird that Stephen King is in our community. He's only doing tours in support of indie bookstores. So he's not doing the big chains. He's, he's personally picked some stores that are small. In this case, it's the Penguin Bookshop in Swickley. And they thought briefly about having it there, but there's no way. There's it, too it's, many people. It's <laughs> like the size of, of this little room here. So they moved it to Swickley Academy, but it's still kind of cool. That's why he's doing it. He, he's kind of showing some love to the smaller places. Because he, he could go to Heinz Hall and, and draw 3,500 people to hear him, what he's going to oh, say. Oh, absolutely. And that's cool that he did pick, you know, the smaller places. Because I remember when the announcement came out, we're like, it's the Stephen King, right? Yeah. It's like not some other author that nobody's <laughs> yeah. heard of also named Stephen King. And so that's really cool. I'm imagining that's going to be a quite a, quite an event on Wednesday. And He's got a new book he's reading from, and he's doing a Q&A, so uh, I'm looking forward to hearing how that goes. Yeah, and then the night before, which I believe tickets are still available, the Taste of Chaos tour, um, <laughs> Dashboard Confessional, and Taking Back Sunday will play the Peterson Event Center in Oakland. So I'm trying to wrap my hands around that. I, mean, I hear Taste of Chaos, and I hear Dashboard Confessional. They're like the, like anti-chaos almost it's just nice and like we were there last year at stage ae and i mean they were enthusiastic fans but it was a very calm crowd yes. like they were just kind of like sitting there like on the edge of their seat like waiting to see what he's going to say next so that's chris caraba the, the guy who uh one of the leaders in emo the movement that, that kind of what they, they call emo emotional music uh, kind of the, the, the more uh, heart-tugging side of punk rock it's got some of the punk ethos but it's it's the songs about feelings and, and love and hurt and pain and all that <laughs> And uh, we had a chance to talk to Chris yes. Brava himself. One of the best days of the year, I think. <laughs> and he, boy, is he a great interview. And he, he says it's still great to use the word emo. He has some funny points about how it's kind of a, a four-letter word now that some people use it as a, as a diss, but uh, he still wears it like a, like a you know, sash. He, he's proud of that. And uh, I don't know, just a great guy, and uh, I can't wait to share with people what he had to say. You do It's been a year since we talked. I'm really glad you're coming back to Pittsburgh. Yeah, that was one of my favorite shows at the tour last year. Backstage, and we got to see the, the post-show thing you did, and that was amazing. Isn't that fun? Yes. I feel like that's like one of the special things that, uh, that I get to do that keeps, I don't know, keeps the relationship like really close, you know, because as you know, the, my relationship with my fans is very important to me, but it's also like reason we're successful. We were built up by our fans, and, um, you know, I... I I like to. Uh, I selfishly like to be with them. 
I mean, we've, we've all done a lot of meet and greets. You go, you, you shake a hand, you take a picture. You came in there with a microphone and guitar and, and performed like a, another half hour, 35 minute set. That, that was just so wild. Is that something you do uh, on most door nights? Yeah, I mean, do you really want to just shake hands with somebody? Don't you want to hear a song? Yes. It was a great show too. Uh, I wanted to ask you. Uh, you know, last year you're back on the road with Dashboard, first time in a long time. Did that experience live up to your expectations? Oh, over and above, over and above. Um, and that's why we're that's why we're coming back uh, again this year, and and why we're never going to stop again. One different wrinkle this year, uh, at least in Pittsburgh, you're playing in an indoor, like a sports arena, about nine thousand capacity. Last year was an outdoor show. Uh, now, what does that entail? Do you have production with you? Is is there staging, lighting, video, that kind of thing? Or uh, I love amphitheaters more than I love anything else. But it is when you do play arenas or indoors. There's a, there's a, it's its own energy too. And um, you know, sure, we're bringing all the lights and all the, the things that you know you need to make it entertaining when you don't have the benefit of hey, we're outside in the summer, which is a great feeling for the audience and the band. Um, but I think. Um, you know, when, when it's, it's it's fun when it's like you get those moments peppered in in the middle of the tour. For example, if you're doing the whole arena tour and there's one outdoor venue in the middle of it, it's like that ends up being your most memorable show because there's all this different energy. And this time of, I anticipate the same will be for, for Pittsburgh because one, Pittsburgh has always been so great for us um, in terms of audience interaction. And, um, and there'll be the other dynamic of we'll have just been doing a run of outdoor shows and suddenly be inside and be like, oh, this is what it feels like to not be, feel like I'm a thousand degrees and, <laughs> and um, you know, I can't keep my fingers on the guitar because we're sweating so much. And I don't know. Maybe something, you know, oh, inevitably something cool happens when, when uh, there's the, the um, shift of normality, shift from normality. I would think there's a different dynamic, too, in, in who you're touring with. Last year, it was Third Eye Blind. This year, Taking Back Sunday. You know, how, how would you sum up that show, that, that lineup this year? Well, last year was an experiment. Um, um, Third Eye Blind and I have mutual friends and are, and are mutual fans of each other. But we didn't know what would happen if we toured together. We just kind of like thought we'd roll the dice, you know. Uh, um, I think both of us are pretty, um, we're not terrified of risk. And so it, was, it seemed like a fun adventure. I'm very fond of the scene I come from. I'm very fond of this, the, the audience that made that scene possible by sheer force of will. Uh, we didn't get, none of us got on the radio and then got a fan base. There, our fan base got us on the radio. Our fan base brought us from BFW halls and basements to arenas. Uh, it's their doing. And um, these are the bands from that scene. You know, we, you know, Adam and I go back to the very, very beginning stages before, I mean, before taking, but before he was, while well, he was still playing bass and taking back Sunday. And, um, and when I was still sitting on a stool trying to figure out what my next band was going to be, I could 
dashboard because I, I just quit further and I didn't think, you know, well, this isn't a legitimate thing. This is just something I'm doing because I love it. No one else would like it. And then it's turning into a career thanks to our fans. So to me, this is a return to form. This is like a homecoming. I know what really stood out, or one of the things in our interview last year, I brought up emo, and I was kind of worried, you know, what your thoughts on that, and you were, you were, you said you embraced that word, you embraced that term, is that still the case? It is the case, and even more so, I just, I know that it's become a four-letter word, I'm not, I'm not, uh, and I know it's been like, uh, it's like a, something people will use when they're trolling on the internet, or <laughs> clickbaiting, or whatever, and, and it also is a time-honored tradition for a scene to be built up, uh, admired and lauded, and then shot down. Um, that's okay. But um, I make the kind of music I, I make. The, the, the fans that embrace it, they decided to call it emo. They decided to call themselves emo. Um, we didn't. It wasn't like me and my circle of friends. I think the term we used at the time, because we were part of what we thought was a unique music scene. We just called it the scene, and we called, if we referred to some like-minded person, we'd call them teamsters. Hmm. That also became a negative word later. Like, hipster became like an innocuous term to describe the way somebody dressed or what kind of artisanal cheeses they ate or whatever, <laughs> and became like a, became more of like a insult, you know. And it's strange how these things are like, they're, they're, they're neutral, and then they're positive, and then they're negative. Um, <laughs> And then maybe when long enough ter- after a long enough time, they're just kind of neutral. I don't know if that's where it is. I mean, it, maybe there's still a stigma around the word emo or the band. But what I view it as is our fans think of us as emo band. They think of themselves as emo fans. Uh, I mean, if, if they're proud to call themselves that, who the hell am I to be embarrassed by being called that? I'm very happy to be called an emo band. I'm probably the only one. I always like to ask about. Uh, I know you're. You don't have a lot of time when you're in cities, but uh, from your last time in Pittsburgh or any other times before that, any vivid memories stand out of things you visited or, or things you would like to visit while you're here? Well, last time we were there, um, last time we were there, gosh, I'm never gonna remember the guitar shop. I needed a guitar fix. Anyway, I ended up. One thing we do is we take our bikes so we can get away, and uh, so one thing I did was ride around Pittsburgh before and after the show. And after the show is glorious because it just happened to be one of those perfect nights, you know? Yes. Cool. And uh, I was on the telephone <clears throat> and I was just describing what I was seeing about, you know, as I was riding around. And during the day, I went and I took, and I don't know what it's called. It's that kind of, it's kind of like a gondola you can take up the giant hillside so you can look back down. The, the incline, they call that. The incline. I did that. I rode my bike over there, and I did the incline. And I and I, which is, and you can just. It is such a beautiful city. It really is. And what a place to, to see it from. And I stood there for a while, took some pictures, and then I biked around a little bit more. But then I went to this guitar shop, and uh, as I needed a guitar fix, and they ended up letting me go downstairs where the luthiers are, and, I, and they kind of gave me like a crash course in some really like intricate old school like forgotten art of how to how to repair acoustic instruments um it was it was really fun for like it, it was a nerd out moment big time. 
That new Stone Roses came out yesterday. I don't know if you heard that yet. Their first song in 21 years. I heard it. I lost my mind. I mean, I, I'm a big, big Stone Roses fan. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm wearing a Stone Roses shirt right now. It's so weird that you would say that. Um, and, I mean, I'm literally wearing a shirt. But it is because I heard the song. So I was like, I got to wear my shirt. Yeah. Did you see the, um, I think it's on Amazon Prime. There's a great uh, documentary on them. No. Wow. Uh, gosh, I can't remember what it's called. It's more, it was like filmed when they first started doing shows. And it doesn't tell too much of the history of the band, which I thought would be interesting, more interesting. But but it, but nonetheless, it was really interesting to see to see this band trying to, trying to start after so many years off. That, I was obsessed with... <laughs> I, re, I, I, I remember uh, hearing I Want to Be Adored... Like like as if I got struck by lightning. I know exactly where I was, and I know exactly who I got a ride from that day to go buy the record at the record store. Uh, it's, that was one of that's one of those moments, you know. I love I love things like that. Back we are to the buzz. Scott Tady and Megan Miller here. Boy, Chris, he had some good stuff to say about Dashboard Confessional. He really did. He just—it was a great interview, and I, we talked to him last year as well. And I, I remember you were kind of amazed at like how, what, how many good things he had to say, and just—it's almost like so hard to write the story because there are so many good quotes, and you want to get them all in, but you can't. So. Exactly. Well, we haven't had a chance to interview Beyonce yet. So, and I, hit, I don't me up, hit me up, Beyonce, <laughs> if you're up for that. But. Um, had a chance, we both had a chance to see the show. Yes. Field. Uh, what'd you think? Um, I loved her. I thought she was really good. I thought the, I thought she was better than I thought she would be. Like she was just, she had like the theatrics and the fireworks and the water, which I loved. She had a nice little stage at the end of like her L-shaped catwalk and they were splashing around in like water. It was like a little pond or whatever. That was That amazing. was really cool. I really think she she raised the bar for the next Taylor Swift show or, or anything because I've, I've seen every concert at Heinz Hall or Heinz Field and uh, just the, the production and the theatrics were just out of this world. and. Uh, I was like you. My expectations were, eh, it's going to be okay. But uh, I, I came away entertained. Very entertained. I'm, the, the attitude she had, and of course she did a lot of the Lemonade songs early, and that's a very fiery album. And, and I thought she captured that. And she, you know, it was intense, and, and people were into it. But then we started seeing her smile more, and then we started seeing more of the personality. And uh, it was almost like a show in two different stages, I thought. Yeah, I mean, at first she, like, was very, you know, like, had this, like, scowl on her face almost. And I'm like, why aren't you smiling? Like, you you seem like you have a good personality. And then when she did, and then she talked to people later about how you can do anything if you put your mind to it and work hard. And then at the end of the night when she told everybody to drive safely, I thought that was a nice <laughs> little touch. But I kind of like the angry Beyonce. I was kind of getting into that. But I like you after a while. I was like, come on, let's cheer up. And, and she did. She kind of sensed the mood needed to, to switch, and it happened. And and we got to address the, the, the Pittsburgh, the TV news reports ahead of time. They were, they were putting the fear of, of God into people, whatever. I thought the crowd was great. It was mellow. I thought the security was very polite, very professional. I, I got home in, in 40 minutes. I, it was a lot easier getting home from that show than it was the Penguin game the night before. <laughs> so uh, to me, it's much ado about nothing. To, I mean, I understand the Pittsburgh police being displeased with some of the things she said. Totally support that. I, I get it. But everyone was professional. And just some of the TV news reports making it sound like this was going to be a, a tough show to go to. It wasn't. They made all. it sound like there were going to be riots or whatever, or there wasn't going to be any security. So it was just going to be like the Hunger Games or something yes. in there. Yeah. And it wasn't. I mean, 
everything I saw, I didn't see anything. I didn't see that there wasn't enough staff, and I didn't see any kind of you know hubbub of you know people acting inappropriately right. or riots or pickets or anything. So I think, I mean, I think we just needed something to focus on until Kenny Chesney and Trashgate <laughs> comes here. So yes, that's yeah. that's what that was. Maybe but, our Pittsburgh TV news channels need to actually go to a concert and go inside and see what happens rather than trying to stir up. It was, yeah, it was very peaceful. It was, I mean, inside there were people, you know, just screaming along to all of her lyrics, but I mean, it was very, they were just there to see Queen Bay, and that's what they got to see. So it was a cool, yeah, it was a good show. It definitely did not live up to the hype of all of the controversy ahead of time. Yes. Which I'm glad. I'm I'm thankful (laughs) that it didn't, but... I was at a sold-out show the very next night, uh, 21 Pilots at Stage AE. Yes, and I actually saw people camping out while I was walking to Beyonce. Yes. And I'm like, why are they here already? That's, a, that's an excellent point. I mean, the show has sold out since November. So all they were doing was camping out for two days ahead of time just to get close to the stage. That's how little did they know that uh, the band would be out in the middle of the crowd. That The drummer did a solo on top of the crowd. Oh, wow. He was on a platform. They were holding him up. Uh, they The singer went way out in a couple times on these towers. and. There was a lot of mingling with the audience, so I don't, you know, you camped out for 48 hours. You could have, you didn't really need. They to were do actually this. behind <laughs> you at that point. Uh, very energetic band, uh, and again, a lot of uh, excitement. They, they they were just hopping, jumping, running, costumes. Uh, it, it was for outdoor stage AE show, one of the more theatrical ones I've ever. Maybe not theatrical, but uh, high energy and, and just uh, there was always action packed. There's always something going on. Uh, musically, they're really intriguing because it's some hip hop and it's some piano pop. That's just a mix you don't often hear, and even within the same song, they would go from rap to more of a melodic kind of piano banging kind of thing. Uh, it was entertaining. Uh, I'd seen them before as an opening act years ago, and, and I liked them then. And I do recommend people see them, and you have a chance. They're coming back in January to Consol Energy Center. Yeah, I'm curious how that's going to go. If it's going to be like the similar antics, or if they're going to kind of clean house and start over and just do a completely different. He's got to bring the, the hamster ball back. He he did one of those things where you're in a, a see-through hamster ball that's about you know the size of a car, or whatever, and he's riding on top of the hands of fans. And I've always wanted to see that. I've seen pictures of it, and I think a day to remember has done that. I know Sugarland has done that before, but Fairy I lips, yeah. yeah, that would be really cool to like actually see it and then have it. Although it's a little terrifying to me, like when I have crowd surfers come near me, I'm all always that person shrieking that I'm going to get, you know, a Chuck Taylor to the face or whatever. But I, that would be really cool to, like, see it, you know, come over you and you can, you know, pass it around. It was interesting. Before they did their biggest hit, Stressed Out, which is one of the biggest songs of 2016, they are talking about how it's, it's, it's weird to have written something that has become this massive hit and, and it's almost taken something away from it. He said it's almost... Uh, Weird to share it with so many people, but he made sure to credit the fans. Well, you guys are the ones that made this all possible. So uh, it was just an interesting perspective. Someone kind of not quite apologizing for their hit, but saying it's just it's weird to have that many people liking a song. You know, never saw that. Yeah, that is interesting because like they're the ones that got it there, and then it's almost like, oh, you took it too far. Yeah, yeah exactly. You were at a very good show, I understand. I was. Um, Jackson Brown at Heinz Hall on Friday night. Amazing. Such a good show. So glad I went to see it. And yeah, he he was just, it was almost two and a half hours, one short intermission. um, And he just laid on the, he took turns between the keyboard, or I'm sorry, the piano and the guitar. And it was just a great, great night of music. How was his voice? Because I remember, I believe it was the Grammy Awards, and his voice sounded a little bit, um, you know, a little bit, not, not as clear as uh, you would have expected, and was that just a one-night thing? Or? Yeah, I mean, I, he's aged a little bit. I mean, who hasn't? But, um, yeah, I mean, he sounded, I could hear what he, 
um, had to say. I could hear the lyrics. I could hear him talking. Um, I think the acoustics at the Heinz Hall probably helped a yes, little because yes. they're flawless acoustics. But um, yeah, he had a really good um, band with him as well where he has been on a string of uh, tour dates where it was just him and then the band got back together um, and Pittsburgh was the opening night of that. So that was cool to see all of them you know, together. And I think that really added, like that helped with the sound as well. Your favorite song of the night? Oh, well, Take It Easy, of course, was one that I really wanted to see, and that was really cool to see it not be a cover song, So, because that's probably the closest I'm ever going to get, so that was fun. Um, I like Somebody's Baby, because he, uh. he had a really good like lead up to that. He was talking about, you know, somebody yelled out in the audience, um, marry me, and he's like, no. <laughs> and um, he was talking about not wanting to get married, but his son got married uh, recently, like two less than two weeks ago, and he's talking about, you know, this like great occasion, and he's like, well, this really isn't a good lead into the song we were going to play so then they changed it up and did somebody's baby and everybody was up and dancing and Ooh. it was cool it was good i'm really glad i got to got to see him it was a good review thank you i was across the river that day yes you're <coughs> battling I'm your own, my own voice i know it's <laughs> karma for you <coughs> went to see leon bridges <coughs> i want to see this guy uh for a long time since his, well since his album came out last year it, it's been just one of his big buzzes kind of building up he is this vintage, retro, early 60s sounding. Leon's only 26 years old, but he sounds like, like Sam Cooke incarnate or, or, or like Otis Redding or one of those old-time cool soul guys. He's got that voice. He's got that style. And uh, just a very entertaining show. Uh, everything he said to the crowd it was nice. He, he did a song that was inspired by how his grandparents met and, and just that kind of... Uh, it was just a, a chill night, but listening to that voice, oh, it was a really good time. Cool, yeah, it sounded like a different kind of show. I'm surprised how many college-age dudes that like, bro, bro, that kind of thing was there. <laughs> I, I expected that at Avery Brothers, not at Leon Bridges, but uh, it didn't detract, and uh, the crowd was dancing. Near the end, there were a lot of couples were dancing, and uh, it, it's good that um, you know Leon Bridges is catching on to the point he sold out Stage AE. Uh, I, I think next time he's here, he may be doing the outdoor capacity, I don't know, but... Uh, Highly recommend Leon Bridges. Yeah, it sounds like a different kind of show and a different kind of genre for AE, and that's cool that they're getting different things too. The saxophone was probably the main instrument, so it, it just had that, uh, I keep using the word vintage and retro, but uh, it rock, a couple songs rocked out there. For the encore, there was one that was more uh, bluesy, uh, kind of had a raw kind of blues about it, but uh, yeah, these are the songs, uh, if you turn on the radio to hurt him, you'd think, oh, am I, am I listening to the oldie station? Yeah, but I, I like that. It, it was refreshing because it's something I don't normally get to see. Cool. And are you ready for this week's Love It or Loathe It? I am. All right. I am loving the fact that when I came this morning, I found out that Prophets of Rage are coming to First Niagara Pavilion on August 31st. That's like three-fourths of Rage Against the Machine with Public Enemy, with, with Chuck D of Public Enemy. And, and wow, that's going to be a very exciting show. We're, we're talking two very politically charged acts. They're, they're timing their tour to start in Cleveland, the same night as the Republican National Convention. Oh, so they're, wow. They're, they're making their statement now. And if you've ever seen Tom Morello, uh, the guitarist for Rage, he's one of the best. I, I'd be on record saying in the post-classic rock era, he's among the top three guitarists. That's just how skilled he is. Wow. And I've seen him in, in some side projects. So I'm with Springsteen a couple of years ago. Uh, so, so we're looking forward to that. And, Ch and Chuck D, he'll be, he'll be wearing his Pirates ball cap, of course. And uh, that's going to be an intense night out. And pe people talk about... The show Rage Against the Machine did in the early 90s at Starlight. It's like a legendary show, so I'm hoping it kind of taps into some of that. 
And one of the things that I love about the announcement this morning, no pre-sales. Yes. Yeah. I hate pre-sales because half the time all of the tickets are gone before the general on sale even gets there. And it's very frustrating. I know I've gotten almost shut out of a couple shows because of the pre-sales. So kudos to them for not. That's a good load. I hate that too. Uh, just because you're an American Express card holder, you get to buy Doesn't tickets. Doesn't mean you should get better seats. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah, you look on Ticketmaster, it says tickets are going to sell 10 a.m. Friday, period. That's it. Yeah. Right? No, you no know, fan Live clubs. Nation app gets the half hour early. You know, nothing like that. So. so, yeah. So, I am very happy that I hope that is a trend that catches on. I'm thinking it's not going to, but I hope it does. I, I would agree with you on that. So, well, that's it for this week's episode of The Buzz. Thank you for joining us. Where can people hear us? They can hear us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher Radio, or they can also watch at timesonline.com slash podcast. So many choices. Yes. So, no excuses. <laughs> In the meantime, you can follow us online at timesonline.com slash entertainment for the latest in breaking news, or follow us on Twitter. I'm at Maggie E. I'm at Scott Tady. 